Hello, everybody. Welcome to our community, our mission. This is Barry Feeker, Executive Director of the Topeka Rescue Mission, and I have today on our program Marion Crable, who is Director of our Supportive Services. Welcome back, Marion. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, thank you. It's good to see you. And Terry Hunt, who is a Director of our Education and our Human Trafficking Interventions. Hi, Terry. How are good. you? Good. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Well, you know, we uh, I'd like to say we're right in the, no, I wouldn't like to say we're in the middle of the coronavirus. I'd like to say we're at the end of coronavirus, but we probably are in the middle of, at least we're in the middle of whatever we know, you know, at this point. And we've been updating you in regards to what's going on with the homeless, what's been going on with the uh, Topeka Rescue Mission, how we're addressing the coronavirus, the increase in need of feeding people in our community, the uncertainties of food supplies. And uh, Miriam, we talked a little bit last week, um, and we had meetings last week, I guess, even more important than that, about what we're doing, what we're seeing in regards to availability of food and how we distribute that food. And what could you say? What do we know at this point and what do we not know? So there's definitely more that we don't know than what we know, but what we're seeing is continued increases in the need for food. And with everything that's gone on and not having events and school and different kinds of meetings, the restaurants not being open, it's really definitely impacted our ability to get the food donations from different companies that we've always received. In addition, what we heard from harvesters is that there is delays in their ability to get food from um, the places that they order from that bring the food to us too. Mm-hmm. That could be up to a six to 10 week delay in their getting food. So all of that definitely makes us concerned about how we will be able to continue to provide the, the food and definitely nutritious food um, to the folks that we have staying with us, but also to the general community who comes for, for food boxes. So a lot of unknowns in terms of this food supply chain Um, impact or disruption and all of that. So there is a lot up in the air and definitely of concern. And um, it definitely needs people's prayers Mm -hmm. that we're still able to get food to the people that need it. This week we heard there's a potential shortage in meat uh, and the the, uh, processing plants at Tyson, the pork uh, processing places now beef. um, These are kind of uh, areas where um, if they can't process it, they can't get it to the stores, can't get it to our tables, can't get it to food banks, right. as well as farmers on the other end, right. uh, it bottlenecks up in that area. So there's so many unknowns, which we that's nobody's unfamiliar with that now. I mean, it's every <laughs> single day is an unknown yeah. um, about where we're going. We don't know what the econ- economic impact mm-hmm. is fully going to be in regards to people who are going to be in need. Right. Uh, the Payment Protection um, Program, yes, uh-huh, PPP, <laughs> um, is uh, started its second round yesterday yes. um, and uh, immediately got bottlenecked in the morning with the Small Business Administration, but it's back on track. And now Congress is already talking about they're probably going to have to do a third one mm-hmm. uh, because they're going to run out of money really quick like they did on the first one. And we're talking about billions of dollars. Yeah of organizations that um, had to lay their employees off um, and uh, rather than people all ending up at homeless shelters um, to be able to help those companies survive and those employees to hopefully come back to work at some point, but that gap in the meantime. Never seen anything like this. None of us ever dreamed about anything like this. Uh, We always said uh, working at Topeka Rescue Mission and helping the needs of the homeless is uh, complicated on a normal day. Mm-hmm. Nothing's normal anymore. 
nothing at all. It's and just so all a new normal. It's know, all right? well, yeah. And we're sure. still trying to figure out what that what, new what it is. normal, which means <laughs> new. We have no idea what's going to happen this afternoon right. that we planned this morning, but we do the best that we can and trust the Lord. Um, right. You know, First Corinthians one nine says God faithfully keeps His promises. How do I know that? Because I'm reading it on the wall, right in the room I'm in right now, over here. <laughs> I'm looking right at it. this room that we're in is the children's palace. It's full of scriptures everywhere, and I'm thinking, thank God, goodness, thank you yes. for keeping your promises. First yeah. Corinthians one nine, He's not uh, He's not slack in keeping His promises, and so we believe that He is going to touch people like you who are listening to be able to help us to do what we do. And uh, we're very grateful for that. Just a couple more things on the food end of things. Uh, Miriam, you've been in contact with uh, people on a national basis um, about this that have a a bigger understanding of our food supplies. And uh, you are part of, uh, we are part of connecting with local folks about looking at not just what we have here in Topeka, but what we have on a national basis. And so... um, what, what, how can people pray into that? You know, uh, what what do they, what what can people do who are listening to this right now? Um, they can donate food if they have it available to them. And I don't want to scare everybody. You know, don't hoard your food. Uh, right. Share. Right. Um, it's not all going away, but there is a, a, a disruption in how the supply chain of it. So, what can people do? How can they pray into that? You know, I think praying for clarity for all of us who are trying to figure it out, right? Because we're trying to really restructure systems. Um, that aren't easy to restructure in the best of times, Mm -hmm. uh, let alone now. So really praying that we can all, number one, set aside our own personal interests Mm -hmm. and really think together for the good of the community and those that need us and need this food. Um, And then it would be just wonderful if we didn't have to deal with any of it, right? Mm -hmm. If it would never come down the pike, but we need to be able to plan. So that ability to think about things that... We know nothing about, right? So mm-hmm. giving us clarity and discernment and patience, compassion, the willingness to work together, all of those things I think will be so critical uh, moving forward, whether it's around food or housing, human trafficking, I think all of those things. There's just so much we don't know. So Lord, bring us clarity. Bring us clarity. And, and, and as you said, it'd be great if we didn't have to worry about yes. it. If, if things got straightened out, you know, we've We've taken a number of steps at the rescue mission to protect people who are here, and we're almost to May now. Yes. And uh, so far, thank God, we have not had one positive case that we know of coronavirus. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. amazing with the homeless population right. uh, in in our community. We're we're screening, taking temperatures, the whole thing. One thing that's made things more complicated is new guidelines came out yesterday in regards to what we have to look for. And we're wrestling with that. How do we expand what we're already doing, not only from three main potential symptoms to about eight or nine (laughs) symptoms now. And really, you know, I walked through the mission here the other day and I saw how we rearranged the the sleeping areas and just the disinfectants and everybody's got masks on. I'm going, I'm not sure that this looks a whole lot different than a hospital. Mm -hmm. You know, it just, it really kind of gripped my heart is that, this is something you might see somewhere in a third world country. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, our facilities are much g- nicer than the third world country and air conditioning and those kind of things. But really, the, the plight of the people and the fear and the challenges that they have and the medical viewpoints that we're taking that we never had to take before, all of that's changed. And it's, 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 it's a startling thing. If you haven't seen it, um, it's very startling. 
But it'd be great if we didn't have to worry about it. We're preparing Absolutely. in case, worst case scenario, the quarantine and isolation areas. We've been meeting for, I don't know, it seems like a thousand years now. I'm pretty sure. Every single least. day. <laughs> but hours and hours. To get things in place. And so all of that preparation for it would be great if it didn't happen here. It has that happening in other places. Yeah. And it'd be great uh, if it didn't happen here and that, uh, you know, it would bypass us and we get back to new normal, right. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Well, Terry, uh, you work in a couple of areas here at the Rescue Mission to say the least. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and for those of you who don't know, today, right? <laughs> Terry has had the most titles of anybody at the rescue mission. Matter of fact, we have name tags here and we just have Terry on hers because we change her title all the time. Terry came it to works. us back in 2000, 2000 2001, the well, first one time. was the first time, uh-huh. yeah. 2001. Yeah. Um, and uh, became the director of the Hope Center for Women and Families, and then uh, departed us and went to work for the state in the Department of Corrections, and then came back to us. And since that time, has been director at NetReach and has been uh, director of our education over here most recently, as well as Restore Hope, um, working with victims of human trafficking on yes. intervention, stabilization, and developing restoration plans for victims of trafficking. You know, in the midst of all the coronavirus, we can sometimes forget about the fact that the brokenness of the individuals that come to us, especially victims of trafficking who've gone through the trauma that they've gone through, that their problems can wait. Um, that uh, they, uh, you know, we got bigger problems now. Well, their problems were the same before coronavirus as they are today, and who um, knows where it's going from here. What do you know, Terry, in regards to? Anything that is changed in regards to human trafficking um, by virtue of the victims, the trafficking systems, what, what do we know at this point? Well, what we know is before coronavirus, there was a lot of brokenness and in our city and all around the country. And we know that the challenges that victims of human trafficking is extreme, I mean, at, on a good day. And so... Most of the people that we have come into our shelter anyway are very, very traumatized. And so dealing with just the normal issues that they have. But with the coronavirus, it really hasn't stopped in terms of what's happening to them. Um, In fact, it's made it a bit more difficult because some of the challenges are that the facilities and the areas and the help that we would normally expect to be able to to receive – isn't there, mm-hmm. or it's changed in a way that they're not able to access. Let's say most of the therapies and things are done now through teleconferencing, or, well, if they don't have a phone, how will they do that? Or maybe they're just not there yet. So maybe they need to have treatment. Well, maybe the treatment centers aren't open. Or facilities, when you talk about restoration, okay, we can maybe get them stable within the mission. And then where do they go? And a lot of the facilities right now across the country are not taking anyone for obvious reasons and understandably, but it is the challenges are, are definitely there from a broad scope. For here in Topeka, um, our medical personnel are saying that it's a little different. It's changed somewhat is that they're seeing that there's more of a transient population. Their cases are fewer. It's there, but it's just different. The brutality has increased. Mm-hmm. Um, extreme brutality with those that that they're seeing. Um, But something is different. What we do know, there is an uptick of um, more of internet. Um, Why? Well, 
who's home? Our kids are home. Mm-hmm. Our kids are home. The youth are home. What do they have adults to do? Are the adults are home. Everyone's home. So what do they do? They're all on their social medias. Um, what we're looking at and hearing, there's a lot with Snapchat, TikTok, some of those social media sites. Pornhub has off the charts. And so there's a huge place of uh, people that are trying to filter into that and to get that off the air and much like what they did with Backpage and things like that. So it's definitely the increase. So one of the things we've heard is that, um, and this was kind of good news, at least in the beginning, is that demand had decreased to buy people Mm -hmm. because people are afraid of dying of, you know, catching coronavirus. Um, And uh, so people who would buy someone else had slowed that down. However, mm-hmm. trafficking systems are about making money and right. about power over other people. And so they just adjusted their sales, oh, yeah. and that's going to online sales. Right. So there's internet um, relationships, if uh, so a virtual uh, selling of other people and requiring them to do it or requiring mm-hmm. them to go do other nefarious activities right. of uh, burglaries, theft, whatever the case might be. And this violence, is this related to um, where victims of trafficking have experienced more violence from their traffickers yes. because they're not producing the money? Right. Yeah. Coercion. coercion. More of that coercion and that force. I mean, the brutality that we, we just haven't seen um, for a long time or at all. It's just a different kind of brutality. I don't know if it's a different type of trafficking. Traffickers don't really know what that is, but the brutality is absolutely increased. You know, we, uh, we have seen some incredible um, acts of human kindness and mm-hmm. uh, people stepping up to the plate, sacrificially giving of their lives. I see that what we see here at the rescue mission of uh, people who are taking a big risk to be here, volunteers coming in to help us out, people in the hospitals, first responders, you know, just people doing amazing things, making face mm-hmm. masks for us, the whole thing. And there's really good stuff going on, but there's still evil there are still individuals who are out there. I just, uh, right before we started the program, I'm listening to the radio, and there's an uptick right now of some landlords nationally, not saying it happened here in Topeka, hope not, but that are uh, telling their tenants um, that if you can't pay the rent, you can pay it through sex. Mm-hmm. And so um, that is a form of trafficking. It is, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it is. And it's happened. In other words, I'm going to uh, make your life hard, if not evict you, unless you pay. It was really was sad as these, these syndicated radio guys this morning were saying, well, what's the difference between that and you can't pay your rent and mowing the grass or painting uh, a room or painting the apartment complex or, or whatever the case might be? They said, you know, it's, it's barter is what it is. And if that kind of mindset, well, and they just don't understand the difference between cutting the grass and having to sell your body. Yeah. Well, it just becomes, you're just a commodity, just like mowing grass or getting groceries. I mean, you can do that with what, well, let's just pay it through another means. And this is nothing new. Um, We see individuals who are vulnerable populations, and that's really kind of the genesis of trafficking, exploitation of vulnerability. And now we have more vulnerable people today. So the trafficking piece of things, the human trafficking, using other people for making money, modern-day slavery, could just be in the incubator for something much greater. Once the social distancing is over, people start wanting to buy people on a more frequent basis. In other words, there's a lot more vulnerable people in our country today. Well, and you know, it's not new um, anytime there's a disaster. I mean, when you talk about Katrina, when you talk about the earthquake in Haiti, none of that is any new because Mm -hmm. there's always um, 
opportunist. Mm -hmm. And that's what they'll do is, is just take that opportunity and to make something really nefarious out of, you know, what has happened with individuals' lives. And so when they look for the most vulnerable, that's what we find here, you know, within our, anywhere there's a vulnerability. Well, if you have lost your job, if you have no way to pay, you're vulnerable. And so let's just, you know, get the scoop in on that. And that's what happens a lot of times, you know, but, but on the, I guess on the flip side of that is that we still are having people, as you say, the volunteers and the people mm -hmm. that come around. I mean, I get every day people saying, I'm praying for you, just letting you know I'm praying mm -hmm. for you, and just, mm -hmm. you know, loving you guys. And through all of this, it, it makes me emotional in that piece that, gosh, you know, through all these really hard times that everybody's going through, you know, we still have people that just care about us mm -hmm. and that love us and love those that are the least of these and that are really struggling out there. And, you know, I think that how grateful we are for people like that in our community. And Topeka especially is so rich in the people that um, are here to help, not only with the mission, but with the human trafficking and others. I mean, look at what's happened, as you mentioned, with our, our children you know, when we talk about having uh, schools and things in, in our Hope Center, we just put out a need and people respond. Boom, there they came. And it's like, wow, guys, you know, mm -hmm. and here we're trying to just fight through all of this coronavirus and making new protocols. And our people and our volunteers are just rising to the top and just saying, how can we help? What can we do in there? And they're there. So it just, it is just so amazing and just so heartwarming and touching to me. Sorry. That's okay. Everybody that knows you're, me, I'm a crier. You're, you're, you're doing what Miriam and I feel like doing right now. So. There's no, no, no reason they put the box no, next you are. in front of me. <laughs> you're exactly right. Oh, goodness. Oh, we just had a little accident here with a water bottle that just came flying across the table. I said I don't talk with my hands. Whoa, well, I've just been baptized. Okay. So, anyway, that's good. But, you know... Um, Terry, I, d I just want to piggyback on that, and Miriam, you can too. Is that this is this has been challenging? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we we were notified last week by the CityGate Network, yeah. Miriam, um, as you were responding to um, information that they had put out. That is the organization that we are affiliated with. That's a membership of three hundred rescue ministries in North America. That's United States and Canada, and um, they were talking about protocols, and we kind of felt like we'd melt those protocols. They're working with the CDC and they're yeah. working with, you know, Congress and everybody else. And uh, you sent them our protocols. And what yeah. did they say? They said they were the best they had seen. In, North, in, in the whole in, association in, in the North whole America. Association. Yeah. Topeka, Kansas has the best protocols <laughs> put out. I just think that's something to say to anybody who's listening to this is that there's a number of things here. One is, one is God is God has really blessed us with wisdom, but yeah. you have prayed for us. Mm -hmm. God has blessed us with strength to be able to carry on because you have prayed for us. God has blessed this rescue ministry with a phenomenal team of people who are really experts in the area of homelessness and now experts in crisis management because you have prayed for us. Mm -hmm. um, so Terry, what, what you were speaking of and how that just touches your heart so much, touches all of our hearts, but also it's producing fruit mm -hmm. is things that we could not do in and of ourselves. Mm -hmm. 
you know, those things that um, God said, if you will humble yourself before me, you'll seek my face, turn from your wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. I will heal your land. <laughs> and uh, again, 1 Corinthians 1 9, looking at it right here, God faithfully keeps his promises. Yeah, he does. Is that um, we are called to be here, and those of you who are volunteering, those of you who are sending financial contributions, those of you who are praying are all part of what we're doing right now. And it really does touch us. Yeah. It really does. Uh, we'd like for this to pass us by and let's get back to normal, new normal of helping the homeless. Right. <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and that's what we, we will continue to do. But thank you, everyone mm-hmm. who is a part of what we're doing and know that things aren't going to go away just because of coronavirus. They're actually going to be magnified. The hunger, the homelessness, the human trafficking, all of those kind of things, not to discourage you, but to help you to know that in spite of all that, that we're all together as part of a faithful team that the Lord has called you who are listening as well to be a part of something very, very amazing in this time in the history of eternity. It is most definitely humbling to think about being chosen for this, yes. right? To be chosen to be here doing what we are doing. Um, it gives you a whole different perspective when you embrace that, mm-hmm. that thought, right? That I'm not, I don't just happen to be here. That's right. God had a whole big plan. For the foundations of the earth. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Right. That in this time we would all be together and mm-hmm. all of these people would be surrounding us. Yes. You know? Oh, and that is just humbling beyond words. I'll have to admit, I get tired. I was very tired yesterday, even though it was Monday. Mm-hmm. The weekends don't stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I really left yesterday just exhausted and feeling like, God, how much longer can we go? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just that one person that says, hey, we're praying for you. Yeah, I know. It does. It makes huge, all the difference in the world. Huge. Or that little note that comes in with that yes. contribution. And thank you for all of you who are sending little notes in. Yes. I'm trying to make a little note back to you saying oh. thank you for your note. Oh, yeah. Um, those are so, they're, they're like on an empty tank. Yeah. God is using you to f- keep fuel in our tanks. Right. So that we can be full to minister to the people who have totally empty tanks. Yeah. Whether it's totally empty because of food scarcity or right. homelessness mm-hmm. or fear. Right. And the victims of trafficking are still with us every single moment, every single day here in our community. Terry, how uh, how can people pray for the victims of trafficking as we close today? Mm. You know, uh, I think that um, having watched so many that just circle around and circle around, and it just seems like they never are able to get off that cycle of trafficking. But when you have one that just says, I just cried out to Jesus and, you know, he saved me mm-hmm. and her whole life is now changed, even though the circumstances are still difficult, but she now has hope. And so when we, I think that just praying for that hope that they will be able to see the light and that there is enough of us to go around that can reach out to them. And, you know, calling those, that if, if the Lord is calling someone into this type of a ministry, you know, get a hold of us um, and, and let us know. And, you know, even if it's just prayers, you don't have to go into the trenches, and, and, um, but even just being a friend. So 
praying for rising up of soldiers and people that are willing to just to roll up their sleeves and, and come join us. And that's even in all of our rescue mission ministries. Um, but just for that hope that they are able to see in that one moment that maybe when all is lost and they're ready to give up, that there is a hope. You, know, you and I were talking as we close here about lighthouses yesterday. Sometimes the best thing that we can do is beat that steady lighthouse on that rock. When people, ships are in the dark and they're trying to avoid the, the crashing against the rocks and the waves and the storm. And uh, Terry, Miriam, so many of you are lighthouses to so many people here. And those of you who are listening are lighthouses to us because you keep the light going. And we're so grateful that, for that in this dark time. So thank you for listening to our community, our mission. Uh, Terry and Miriam, thank you for joining us today. Sure. If you, you would like to help out the Topeka Rescue Mission or want more information, you could go, go to trmonline.org, trmonline.org. There's information there as well as a give button that you can push, or you can text TRMGIVE to 77977. TRM give to 77977. Thank you for standing with us in prayer and every other way. And thank you for joining us on our community, our mission.